chapter further revealed. What is going on, everyone? Episode 45, after further review, new year, new platform, new podcast. We're excited. You already know Ben, Ryan, and Chase. Chase on the other side of the pond over there. What's going on, Chase? Not too much. Just kicking it. Excited for the new year. Trying out our new broadcasting uh, equipment. So I'm excited to be here with you guys this week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And let us know how this uh, looks for you guys. We're going to do some more live episodes we're gonna even be together here pretty soon in february probably get a live one in then and we got some exciting things planned for the for the new year for the podcast yeah trying to continue to get better every day every week um you know trying to hold ourselves a little more accountable and just roll with it and obviously you know spit you guys to sport facts that you deserve and need so yes sir but all right, let's get right into it. So NFL talk, uh, I think, you know, before we get into our over unders, which if you guys don't remember back in, what was it? August. Um, if you guys, yeah. I think it was episode 20. Right before the season yeah, started, 20, it was when the preseason was going on. Episode 20 and 29, I believe is what yeah. it was. And we talked about our over unders for the NFC, AFC. We came, with, came to an agreement on about 13 total. So we're going to go through those, see how bad they look now, see how good they look now. Uh, But first, we got to talk about the Ravens. Chase, I mean, two weeks where they just look dominating. I mean, just dominating really good Super Bowl contenders, put themselves as a first first overall seed. I think they they clinched that, right? Yep. They did? Yeah. Yeah. And now they can kind of just, you know, take their take the foot off the pedal a little bit. So how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm a, I'm excited. It's uh, <clears throat> sorry, hold on. <clears throat> yeah, it's great for the Ravens to get the big wins, like you were saying. It does scare me a little bit because they are such big wins, and I really didn't want the number one seed overall. I feel like sometimes teams, and we saw it in baseball this most recently, when you get the buy, sometimes I feel like you can get complacent and. I'm not sure how this Ravens team would do with that amount of time. And if they do set Lamar, because then that's two weeks that he doesn't play. And there's a lot of different factors that can just change the way the team's playing. But in a way, it's good for health. You can maybe get Mark Andrews back and, you know, get a bunch of your starters really good rest time, you know, especially if they were banged up recently. So in a way, it's good. And in a way, I was a little, it sketches me out for sure. But, yeah, definitely big wins. I mean, the dismantling of the 49ers was awesome. I mean, defensively, I feel like everyone who wanted Brock Purdy to just eat a bag of dog shit finally got to see it happen. On behalf of the Ravens, so you're welcome, America. And number two, the Dolphins, uh, the game got out of hand quickly. I feel like the Dolphins, I don't really know what happened there. They first drive were dominant, went down the field and scored, and I've at that point, I was like, it's going to be a long game if this is how it's going to be. But obviously, it shifted, and the Dolphins just got outscored. I do want to blast the Dolphins, though, for a second. They left Bradley Chubb on the field late in the fourth quarter when the game was obviously out of hand, and he tore his ACL. And I feel like that's just yeah. – I don't know. I mean, at that point, it's so late in the game, and it, there's no way you're going to come back. I get getting them reps, but – 
he was just out there on a play he probably didn't need to be in on. And now he tore his ACL and he's done for the year. And they were going to rely on him a lot. So, And for him, that's like his third or fourth torn ACL. So not great career-wise either to have an injury like that take you out this late in the season. It obviously has implications for next year. But definitely big ones for the Ravens. Hopefully they can keep it up. Have Pittsburgh this week to wrap it up. And then we'll see how the, the rest of the pins fall. But so far... Got to be happy with the way things are and not try to think about it too much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no Mark Andrews missing two of your key running backs. Isaiah Likely's obviously stepped up. To me, it's crazy. I'm not a huge Lamar fan, but it's it's pretty obvious the reason they're winning these games is Lamar Jackson, like the main point. But – I am a big defensive guy, as I think you both are too. And I think Patrick Queen and uh, Roquan Smith are the best linebacking linebacker duo in the NFL. I don't really think – I mean, you could make an argument Fred Warner and Greenlaw on the Niners, but I don't know. Just the communication that Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen have, and they're just out there every play making things happen. On the other side of the ball, it just – The tackle machines. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They just rack up time. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah, athletic freaks. And obviously Patrick Queen was a little bummed out when Roquan came last year because he took all the thunder. But it's been the best thing for Patrick Queen's career. I mean, and not for that, but you two both get to play all the time. And when Roquan has to cover, he gets the blitz and vice versa. So. It's really the last time I remember having such a flow of two players in a position next to each other on the Ravens defense was Ed Reed and Bernard Pollard. Mostly because Ed Reed could just do it all, but Bernard Pollard just hit people with such force and it was just a good blend. And yeah, Roquan, I mean, I'm biased in saying they're number one and there's a lot of good duos, but for what they both bring to the table, it's pretty outrageous that they're both together right now and together for the foreseeable future in the yeah. middle of the Ravens defense. What a trade you guys made last year. It's just just kind of under the radar. At the, I mean, it wasn't under the radar, but I don't think <laughs> people thought it had the impact it's really had. Yeah. I mean, I would joke last year. I was like, oh, Roquan might get traded. It would be insane if the Ravens got him. I mean, there's no way. Yeah. And then a second-round pick does it, and he's worth $100 million. And not for nothing, the Bears signed Tremaine Edmonds to replace him. They spent like $85 million. So you could have just bucked up an extra 20 for a player who's a little bit better overall. Bears and their linebackers yeah. just giving him a Did line. they bring in TJ Edwards too from the Eagles? Yeah, and he hasn't done really anything, I feel like. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what his stats are, but I feel like they're not what they were when he was with the Eagles. But, yeah, yeah they spent a lot of money. I guess they spread it out, so you can make that argument. But – not for nothing, Roquan Smith for $100 million seems like such a steal. And they got him for a second-round pick. So it's like yeah. a second-round pick and $100 million. Like I would do that for any star player. He's legitimately a top-two linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. A great athletic interception, one-handed grab last weekend against Tua. I mean, guy can do it all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the Ravens, I feel like there's a team to beat, whether you want that tag or not, that's where they are right now. And Chase, I know you touched on it briefly, but the big question is, 
talked about the Bradley Chubb injury. Well, week 18, Ravens clinched number one seed. Should Lamar Jackson play and or like do you want him to play? And Ben, I, don't, I want your take too because for me, I'm sitting him, but I, I, it's a it's three weeks then between games because you got this week and then the bye. So yeah, I uh, I want him to play and I don't want him to play, but ultimately, I hope they leave it up to Lamar and whatever decision he makes, I'm fine with. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how long he if he does go, but. I mean, they have Tyler Huntley as a backup. He's more than capable of handling it against the Steelers. So, either way, I feel comfortable. They don't really have to win, but yeah, I think it would be good at least. Or I don't know. I mean, they've the other thing too that's probably gone a little not as mentioned as just being a really good team in the AFC is the fact that they've had some people playing this year that haven't had a lot of time to play. And that's like Bateman, got and other just receivers. Kohler likely is playing a lot more now, obviously with the Andrews injury. But even just when he would have time last year, he never really got used. And I feel like that's such a big difference this year is the fact that Bateman obviously has played an extensive part of the season. So it's helping Lamar. And maybe even practice is just fine because of that, because it's not just so short-term. I almost have that just scarred into my head because of how many time guys would be in and out of the lineup that, yeah, these guys have actually been practicing a lot more than they have ever in their careers together. So it's probably a good thing and maybe not necessarily game is needed for them to stay sharp. So that was a long-winded answer for me to say I'm okay with whatever the Ravens want to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would I would just say no. It's, it's a lose-lose situation because the Ravens go into – the playoffs and you know Lamar looks rusty after the first quarter and everyone say oh he's rusty he should have played he hasn't played in three weeks but I think you you can take away the potential of winning a Super Bowl and you know if he gets God forbid he got hurt or something I would just play safe sit him and go yeah. from there that's what I would do but yeah yeah, yeah I definitely got the purple glasses on yeah. And it feels weird because when the Eagles went on their Super Bowl run, it seemed so certain that they needed the bye week. Like mm-hmm. no one was saying, oh, they're going to be rusty from it. It was like they need the bye because they need to rest to get people like Nick Foles back. And he was banged up going into that game, and they had like issues going into the postseason. So it just feels weird because I felt so I felt so certain then. Like I knew it. And it wasn't even my team, but I was like, if the Eagles hit the bye, they have such a good chance of like making it further into the playoffs. And like not because of the rust factor. Like it seemed like they were already a gelled team. So I don't know why I'm having such a hard time seeing that with the Ravens, but I guess it's because they've had such terrible losses this year that I don't know. I feel like at any moment something is just around the corner. But yeah. Yeah. And we'll enjoy the ride and before we move on quick, I just have you heard about the Ravens tattoo guy? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he was getting a win until they get a Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you know he he went to Penridge? I he went he's on my baseball team because I have him on Facebook and he's always just talking about how he's just on ESPN. Oh no, well that's crazy. I feel like you might have brought him up before though for something. Yeah. What's the deal? He's get he's gotten like a tattoo of every Ravens win of like a, and his I think his wife's the one that tattoos it. Of every Ravens win, it's like a different theme based on 
whatever, like they beat the whatever team. But it was on ESPN's NFL countdown last week about it. This year, he's like, or yeah, last year and this year. Yeah. It's oh just like little, goodness. it's not like big. Yeah. yeah. But he po- he posted on Facebook about how he was going to be on ESPN count, NFL countdown. I think it was ESPN NFL countdown this past week. I just didn't know if you had heard of him because I was like, oh, that's crazy. He's just like getting notoriety for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was an article, like a little write up to him. Anyway, yeah, no, but you're talking about the Ravens, couple bad losses. Speaking of teams that have bad losses, the Philadelphia Eagles, one in four in their last five games, have completely lost control of winning the division, lost the number one seed. Obviously, the Niners clinched that up. And barring from weird commanders victory over the Cowboys, they're going to be a wild card team this year. And I mean, Dallas is – they've stuck it out. And they had the rough, close game against the Dolphins, lost that one. And then another close game this week against the Lions, called controversial. I call it a win in the win column. And, I mean, it's just – no matter what the situation is, the Eagles have completely choked and the Cowboys have stayed true enough to now they put themselves in a position to win the division and snatch that number two seed because they beat Detroit too, so – yeah. Yeah, it was uh, big for the Cowboys, and I feel like Mike McCarthy is the one who keeps putting the Cowboys in a bad position. Obviously, against the Dolphins, bad clock management, bad pay calling. Let the Dolphins probably sneak one out. And in the Lions game, leading up to whatever debacle happened or didn't happen, depending on who you ask, uh, the Cowboys really didn't help themselves with play calls, and then they gave the ball back with plenty of time to the Lions, so yeah they honestly i would be terrified about that in the playoffs you can't have like that much time giving back to people and just time management yeah i mean the biggest thing for the cowboys if they can put themselves in a position to have as many home games as possible because they just look like two different teams at home versus on the road so if they can have as many home games in dallas it'll give them the best chance to you know get farther in the playoffs yeah yeah, and real quick with the Detroit game, you know, being an, a brand new Cowboys fan, one, you know, Lindsay and I talked about it. If we were Lions fans, we'd be pissed. Okay, we'd be pissed on the play, the situation. You see the replay, you see three offensive linemen go up to the ref because they're trying to confuse them. You only hear the ref say number 70 is eligible. This, that, and the other thing, you can complain all you want. But the fact of the matter is, is that in the second quarter, the Lions had a five-minute, eleven-play drive on the Dallas Five, and they chose to go for it on fourth down, incomplete pass. I mean, there's just a plenty of missed opportunities. And at the end of the game, the biggest thing for me was, regardless of the outcome of that call, the next play when they were backed up where you were, kick the extra point. I know, I know, you don't want some sketchy overtime loss. Dallas gets the ball first; they drive down, score touchdown. I mean, it was a defensive battle the whole game. If you watch the game, the Lions played great defense. The Cowboys played deep, great defense. You have to know that you can hold the Cowboys to a field goal even if they get the ball first in OT. And that play in general, if I'm a Lions fan, I'm mad. Obviously, if it goes the other way. But, you know, Lindsey made a great point too, and that's Micah Parsons. I think it's like since week five or something crazy, hasn't gotten a holding call on him. And there were at least two plays that game where it was bad. 
like real time, I'm like, that's a hold, nothing. And then, you know, they show the replay, hand up in his face. You know, it could be illegal use of hands, hands to the face or holding, no matter which way you call it. Ref doesn't throw the flag. Micah's jersey's ripped up. I mean, there's just so many parts of a football game. And, and the thing I hate the most is that if you really think about it from the Lions' perspective, it's irrelevant. Like, oh, if they get snubbed out of the two seed versus the three seed, does it really matter that much? And there were people getting butthurt over it that had nothing to do with the Lions. Like, they won their first division in three decades. I don't think they're going to be that mad about a controversial two-point conversion. They're going to be in the playoffs two weeks from now, and everyone's going to be pumped out of their minds. They're not going to have to play the Eagles or Dallas. They're going to get maybe the Rams, which, you know, it's not going to be fun. But either way, they get a home game. And as for the Philadelphia side, be mad all you want, but they they choked. They choked. They let the bunny rabbit, Kyler Murray, wrap up a game-winning drive against them and one and four in the last five games. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost next week against the Giants in East Rutherford, but just a wild sequence of events. Both those teams are going to be teams that are scaring the playoffs, but yeah. Makes it sketchy for over-under, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, I mean, do you want to just go for it? Yeah, let's go for it. So it's just going right off that. Eagles lost one and four. They're now eleven and five. So we'll go with the NFC. And so how many we had we, we had did six it. in the NFC and seven in the AFC. Okay. These are all the ones that we agreed on. Yeah. Yeah. So we went through these one by one in August and we all chose over under. And if all three of us matched, we put it in our parlay. And now we're about to break it down for you. NFC up first? NFC up first. All right, let's get Hint it. Hint for everyone. I hope you didn't take the parlays. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so Eagles was over 11 and a half. It was over 11 and a half? Yep. I thought it was 10 and a half. It was 11 and a half. Sucks. I say it. I mean, it'll it'll hit. I mean, so. they could choke, but. Cowboys over nine and a half. Ding. Good hit. Rams over six and a half. Ding. That was an easy one. Was they one. smashed that. Packers under seven and a half. Oh. That one. They're eight and eight. So they just got over it. Yeah. That one makes me mad. I mean, I thought the Vikings would be a little better this year. Obviously, Kirk Cousins going down was big, but yeah. that one makes me a little salty. Yeah. Matt LaFleur is not that good of a coach. Panthers under seven and a half. <clears throat> Can you believe the total was seven and a half, though? You thought Bryce Young was going to win that many? Well, I guess because their division one isn't that good. Yeah. Wow. And then the last one, Falcons, under eight and a half. Really? So, so theoretically, I'm, I'm, we can go at least four out of six, if not five out of six. Yeah, so we, are, we already hit four. Yeah. And one is out. So we're four, either five and one or four and two. In the NFC, I mean, you straight play that. That's that's profit. Yeah. So, so shout out to the NFC lovers out there. You're welcome. All right, checking in on the AFC now. Jets over nine and a half. Okay, that <laughs> we basically knew we were done from from play one. Yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah, that was just a tough one overall. Nothing we can do about that. Texans under six and a half. That's kind of the opposite. I mean. We talked about it on the podcast then that we didn't think 
they would they would be able to put it together this quickly and they they put it together i think quicker than we thought i think a lot of people thought. wow yeah i mean they gave less credit to them than the the panthers and yeah granted i don't know if the titans are on this list or are well, they're next <laughs> <laughs> they're, agree. they're a big part of why the Texans under did not hit. Oh, let me tell you, we went three, oh for three in the AFC in the South. Because then the next one's the Jaguars over nine. Oh no, Jaguars over nine and a half. So that could hit. We have a chance on that one. Uh I'm not feeling great about it. Who do they got this week in the Titans, right? Play the Titans? Yeah. Sorry. Pretty good. They play the Titans. So we're 0-3 potential win with the Jaguars. Next up, we got the Browns under nine and a half. That's a clear miss. Oh my goodness, Joe Flacco. Got the Chiefs over eleven and a half. Where's that? That's a miss. That's a miss. And then we got the Raiders under six and a half. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Are we going 0-7 in the AFC? We might be at 0-7 in the AFC. That was pretty bad. That was a pretty bad run. Potentially one and six if the Jaguars win. If, so if if the Jags win, we go one and six. If they lose, though, we go zero oh and seven. Mm-hmm. Also, mean, l- listening to that, by the way, you were really hyped about the Bengals, but the Bengals over under was eleven and a half, which is kind of crazy. The unpredictability, quarterback injuries, and just yep. play in general. Chargers was nine and a half. Just a, a lot of. Uh, yeah. Oh my. It was it was goodness. interesting to listen back on that. And... Wow. Yeah, I want to go back and listen to that too. We were probably so confident. Yeah. I mean, the NFC we did well. You but... were hype about the Titans. You were all you were ready to go. I cannot go right now. The Titans to are f- going to be the only AFC South team with a losing record, no matter what happens this weekend. To be fair though, you were also over the on the Bucks, um, and I was under, so that was a good one. You were really confident about the Bucks over. Yeah, but I'll, I'll say you you I mean your pick the Rams win the division is not going to hit, but that over six and a half, like you just had so much confidence in the Rams bounce back, that was key, man. Nine seven back in the playoffs, I don't want to face them. Do you remember your Super Bowl prediction? Is it still alive? Do you guys remember your Super Bowl predictions? Um, your brackets. I know it was Cowboys on the one side. I don't have my bracket on me. I think I had Chiefs Eagles too. Yeah, yeah, you did. That's still going, Ben. Yeah. Are the Ravens Saints? That's still going. It's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You have the you have the best team in the one side, and a team that's no. Still... I'm hyped that I have the Ravens. I had the Ravens winning it all, but the Saints. That's if they win this weekend, I think they're I, in. I remember I had if a they... Saints Rams NFC Championship game. That also could happen. Yeah, it could happen. I can't remember. I can't remember my. I think, I, think the Bills. Bills. I think I think the Bills, Bills Cowboys. which is still so, you see the Bills scenarios they could be a two seed, a six seed, or miss the playoffs. Yeah, they can miss the playoffs. They could have any one of those options depending on how it goes this week, which is crazy. That's intense. If they miss the playoffs, oh my gosh! I mean, at least it's not like back when they had the old wild card set up, only six teams made it with sixteen games. I feel like you'd see a ten and six team sometimes miss the playoffs. If a ten and seventeen misses the playoffs, it's not that bad. No, that's you're not. I mean, you're a good team. You're but Bills also. I mean, they, there's a lot of games this year that they could have. I feel like they could have won. They went through a really sloppy stretch. Yeah, way through the year. Yeah, they did. There's always you can. It's so easy for fans to pick out the controversial, weird things, but there's so many ways you can win. You can win eleven games, lose six, 
and make the playoffs, no doubt. Yeah, I'm just like the Jets are ahead of the Patriots. That's a win. That's a huge win. Yeah. But quickly before we get into uh, basketball, I think we just got to quickly talk about Joe Flacco. I know Chase, big fan, but I mean, just absolutely killing it with the Browns, 11-5. I mean, he might as well just stay there and they might as well sign him to a three-year extension. Oh. (laughs) I mean, I would be happy for him. And uh, it's weird seeing him in a Browns uniform. Yeah. That's for sure. And uh makes me feel very conflicted the amount of times he would lay an ass whooping on the Browns as a Raven, but uh, I guess I there's always two chapters, but I feel yeah, like looks great. Open. Sorry, go ahead, Chase. Oh, he, he looks great and uh I think he's making a lot of money doing it, so can't yeah. can't hate on him for that. He's a old he's like a Jamie Moyer type right now. Just <laughs> coming in late career doing it when other late career quarterbacks were basically just had a sack of potatoes for an arm. He still got a cannon. So yeah, he's slinging it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The Browns, it seems like the offense in general, they're just letting him just like sling the ball, like, like deep, like lots of deep throws. Just like, it seems like they opened up the offense, like more than, Oh God, this is, this is really scary for me to say, but if they had Nick Chubb, they might win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. That's crazy. Yeah, Chase, I just wanted to, like, is uh, let me paint the picture. Is this worst-case scenario, AFC Championship game, <laughs> Ravens, Browns, and Joe Flacco has a game-winning drive against you to take the Browns to the Super Bowl? Like, what, as a Ravens fan, do you do? Well, I don't know. That would is be there, a tough one. If you think, do you think, like, is I mean. potential? Are they, I don't know what the bracket's at. Is that, do they have a a chance well i think with reseeding it always can happen it's like you can't really map it out yeah it's just crazy i mean i think you're right chase nick chubb like more than ever the browns are definitely missing him i mean jerome ford is not filling the the void like neither is kareem hunt who wanted more carries got more carries but i'm just thinking like the browns have been like garbage forever and granted i mean the ravens have you know two super bowls the last one wasn't that long ago what, 11 years ago they won. So it's mm-hmm. not like they haven't done anything. But I'm just thinking, like, basically you got rid of Flacco for Lamar was, like, what ended up happening. And I'm just like, bro, if Flacco somehow came back and won one on the freaking stains, I, as a Ravens fan, I wouldn't be able to wake up the next day. No, like, it's going to be really hard. And I've thought about it, but if the if they did match up, I have enough confidence in the Ravens defense to to do enough and hopefully Lamar could pick up the pace on the other end. But the Browns have a good team. They have a really good defense. They have vanilla Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator, who I also hate with a burning passion. And now he's on the uh Cleveland Browns, so it's even more amplified. Uh but they have nice weapons in Joku's been nice for them, Amari Cooper. Um, basically Joe Flacco's two ideal prototypes of wide receiver and tight end are those two people. So, um, you, you know, you can kind of see why it translates really well for him. And yeah, it's great all the way up until they play the Ravens. But other than that, I want to see Joe Flacco win because it's, it's cool to see. And that just cements the fact that he's better than Matt Ryan. And I feel like we all kind of thought that we all kind of maybe knew that, but now we know that for sure. So if, if the Ravens theoretically get knocked out in the playoffs, 
before they played the Browns, which I guess would have to be the divisional round then. Would you root for, like, are you okay with Joe Flacco winning? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> if it was any other AFC team, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. But yeah, the, no, Browns. the Browns don't deserve it. They Fair don't enough. deserve it. Titans should have signed them. Titans should have signed them. You never know. Maybe the Titans would sign him, but Jets should right. have kept him salty. Imagine yeah. him tossing a Garrett Wilson with Brees Hall back there. Yeah. They'd be having a good old day. I feel like yeah, they just they, they would have hit that over under mark for yeah. sure. Yeah. But we can move on. We'll move on to the NBA. I know that we still have a month until the trade deadline, but Benny's team making the first <clears throat> move, basically the first move. Drawing blood. This- this NBA season, uh, the Knicks, you want to break that down, what the trade was? I know you're not happy about it, Barrett, and quickly, two guys you love are gone by the full yeah. trade. What was it again? Barrett quickly, uh, sec- I think a second rounder, um, and then the Knicks got OG, Precious Achua, and some no-namer. Someone else. Do you remember Chase? No, I don't remember. I think it, was, it wasn't anywhere but, relevant. I mean, OG Ananobi is the main guy um so the knicks it seems like since last year even last trade deadline they've wanted og ananobi i mean but he's considered by a lot of guys in the nba a, one of the best two-way players um i just hate to i i really like barrett i quickly was really he was a great spark plug off the bench and you know really young i mean he, him and maxi played together in college they were really I think Maxie was 20. He was 21, like picked in the draft. They're pretty similar players. So if Quick, quickly is one of those guys with a bigger opportunity, he can be a really good scorer in the league. Um, but of course he never got that opportunity with the Knicks and the way they play their veterans more, of course. So that's just how it goes. I mean, I'm, I liked Barrett. I liked having RJ, I guess if there was any team to, for him to get traded to, it would be Toronto because he's from Canada, so I'm sure that's kind of neat for him to get to play where he's from. So I'm happy for him. We'll see how that goes with the Knicks. I just I'm not a big fan of trading these guys. That I mean, RJ still only 23. Quickly, he's, I don't know if he's 23 also, but they're both still really young. OG, they're going to have to sign to a pretty probably a max contract. I think he's a free agent after this, either this year or next year. So. They're about to have to spend some big money where RJ was controllable through 2027. So Knicks are in win now mode. I don't know if that's where they're going to go. I mean, they had DiVincenzo as their starter. Their starting lineup was DiVincenzo and uh, OG, Julius Randle. I don't think Josh Hart was a starter. Someone else I'm missing. Um, But yeah, so I'm not... I'm not thrilled with giving up RJ, but I'm not surprised. I thought Randall didn't even want to be there. We don't want him there. Yeah, well, it's Randall's team now. He so I'm salty about it. Oh, and Brunson, you Brunson. oh Brunson and Mitchell Robinson, right? But Mitchell yeah. Robinson's out again no, for I don't know how long. That's right. Year. Mitchell Robinson can't stay on the court. I love him when he stays on the court. He just can't stay healthy. Brunson, I don't know why I forgot about him. Brunson. Has really turned into a great player for the Knicks. Um, 
And they got DiVincenzo, and I like DiVincenzo and Hart. I mean, they're both scrappy. I know you like, you know, those Villanova guys, and I just I hate building around Randall. I absolutely hate it. Hate, yeah. hate it. I don't think he's he's the guy to build around. But now they've backed themselves into, into a corner. So it's going to be this for two years and then terrible Knicks for the next eight. Get ready for a first-round seven-game series. You know, as long as they're not Pistons bad. As long as they're not Pistons bad. Oh, oh we'll get there. <laughs> oh, trust me, we'll get there. I just really want to – Chase, I really want quickly want to talk about um, – we're recording the show on Tuesday. Sixers play the Bulls tonight. Embiid's coming back. He missed four games with an ankle sprain. Sixers managed to go two and two without him, which I I think says – um so much about this team i mean theoretically you have you went from three stars last year to two stars this year maxi's still more or less a rising star so you know him tobias harris kelly Oubre, bunch of role players marcus morris a couple big shots here and there pat bev savvy vets they were man they were able to go two and two without mb they're still in the third seed mb comes back they then they have wednesday thursday off and they play friday saturday so um, ben managed to show me the score. They're up by basically 30 right now in the second quarter with Embiid back. I know he's had 14 or something straight, 30, 10 games. Um, we'll see what he finishes at there. But I don't know, Chase. I just don't want them to do any. I don't, I'm okay with a, like how the Knicks did type deal caliber players, but I don't like sometimes they said the they haven't had this good of a start since the 2000-2001 team. That went Jeez. to the finals. Like, which is crazy to think. They've had good team. They've been in the playoffs the last seven years, and they haven't had this good of a start. And it just seems like the offense is just so good. They're getting Tobias Harris shots most nights. There's still a couple nights when they don't get him enough shots. And I don't know. I just – I like the flow they're going at right now. Embiid, no Embiid. They're able to generate offense. And I'm excited, so – yeah, I'm excited too. And like you're saying, maybe they don't need to go get uh, big time talent to add to this team. Maybe you can just sprinkle in somebody at the deadline. And uh, I guess I'd rather prefer that too, instead of trying to add in a bunch of stuff and just jam it together. You know, I feel like what they have going right now is special and it's hard to recreate that. And you can't really add a lot of stuff in at times when that happens. So. Definitely like their trajectory. It's nice to see that Embiid's, um, you know, just building off an MVP season because I feel like it was going to be, it's going to be hard for him, obviously, with Jokic doing what he always does. So it's just always going to be that that battle. And, you know, Joel can sometimes get the effort thrown in his face and doing too much as being a center. But, you know, I think he's doing enough to warrant another mvp award if he wanted it but yeah obviously they're in a great position so we can just keep it together yeah yeah no and i mean we haven't talked a ton of nba the last last few weeks but um i don't know ben i don't think you can pull up i wanted to go over the western conference standings real quick i don't know if our viewers can see it or not either way they'll be able to quickly pull it up at home i mean i'm sure if you follow the nba you've been following it but for me, the Western Conference standings right now, just if you take a quick glance, to me it looks it looks upside down. Um, and I'll give Ben a sec to see if he can pull it up or not. <laughs> New platform, bear with us. 
still learning as we go. And we can always just table it too. Everyone see that? Oh, you might want to make oh, yeah. that. Hold on, we got, I got Chase in there. Can you see, everyone see that? Mm-hmm. You can see it okay? Oh, yeah. And then you just want to go down to the Western Conference Or I can side. just do it without either of us. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Scroll down to the Western side. All right, so. So basically, I mean, what do you guys, like when I see that, it just looks upside down. I mean, Grizzlies were like a top three seed last year. I mean, you're just used to seeing teams like the Spurs, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, Mavericks have been good. I mean, you have some bad teams at the bottoms, some good teams near the top, but. Clippers figured it out a little bit. Like, I mean, just Kings, Timberwolves, Thunder in your top five right now. Pelicans as your six. That's crazy. They were hyping up the Knicks win and OG's debut against the first place Timberwolves. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I like looked at the stands like, what the? That's so weird. And uh, and this is like a – I think this is the prime example of like the NBA doesn't need all these rules with how many times guys sit out games. There's plenty of people, players, coaches, organizations that don't care about the regular season as much, fans – and reasonably so, there's 82 games. It gets boring, right? They're trying to do things like the in-season tournament, which is stupid. But there's teams like the Kings last year that took the regular season more than serious. And I think you're starting to see some of these other teams do it. And the Timberwolves and the Thunder are a great example. They're legitimately going out there every night trying to win. And some teams might be taking nights off. You know, maybe, oh, yeah, we, lo we lost the game here and there, whatever, whatever it may be. But there's enough now parity where you might see the Suns, Mavericks, Warriors, and Lakers in the playing game. So two of those teams missed the playoffs. A great playing tournament. That's, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, like I would not want to be in a position like that. I mean, the Lakers, seventeen seventeen. Anyone could have guessed they'd been there. But it's yeah, just but they, maybe they shouldn't have gone so hard for the in season tournament. They've been yeah. struggling since. Yeah, they put a lot of energy and they had to play that extra game. You know. Um, in Vegas for the tournament title, but I just wanted to quickly touch on that. And I thought that was just a quick glance. It just looks upside down. I mean, the East, it yeah. looks right. You know, Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, the Heat are in there. I think the Bulls will win enough games to be in there. Um, yeah. But it's just wild. And while while we're on the while we're on the standings, I actually was looking up because the Pistons had the longest in-season losing streak ever. NBA record, beat the Sixers. I think they lost 28 in a row. 28, yep. Yeah, so right now they're 3-30. and 30 And the Spurs, where the Spurs sitting at 5 and 5 and 27? And I was like, wow, that, those are bad teams. And I looked up the pace right now. And worst winning percentages of all time, the Pistons are on pace for the first. And the Spurs are on pace for the ninth. That is insane. What do we think out of those three, out of Pistons, Spurs, and Wizards? Who's going to have the worst record at the end of the year? Wizards are bad, too. It's crazy. You don't they're, even think they're that bad. They're bad. They, got, they have double the wins as the Pistons. <laughs> I'm going to hold that, too. But. It's just crazy. Like, are they tanking? 
like they made all these rules to try to avoid tanking with the lottery too. The NBA is always just doing too much. I think if you watch, I don't think they're trying to tank. At least the players aren't. But I'm just thinking, who's the Pistons coach again? It's um, Monty Williams. Yeah, it's Monty Williams. He went from the Suns <laughs> to the Pistons. I'm like, been a rough go for him. I'm saying Pistons out of those three. I just, I still have faith in Pop. I don't know. Yeah. I... <clears throat> I don't know. I don't. I have no idea where to go with that. I feel like they're all just garbage. They are. Yeah, but I'm, I was looking it up because they were that bad, and it was this just crazy stat I came across, and it said, um, and you can probably stop sharing it. Yeah, it said the worst. I found the worst team ever to make the playoffs record wise, and it was the 1952-53 Baltimore Bullets. They went 16 and 54 and made the playoffs. Okay. I have I didn't look any more into it. I just wrote it down and moved on because I don't even want to know how that happened, but I feel like it just pissed me off. That's crazy. Yeah, 16 and 54. That's ridiculous. I mean, gosh. We think seven and nine making the playoffs in football is bad. I I don't even know what was going on back then, but that's absurd. But yeah, no, we can we can move on. Um, I know I'm doing a lot of talking now, but we haven't done this in a while. But we did the on this day in sports history, um, probably a couple months ago. I thought it was kind of cool, so I quickly just found a couple of things. I don't know if you guys want to hear or yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear your takes. I try to find ones that would be good for you too. I will say January 2nd had way too many cricket and bowl game score mm. on this day highlights. Yeah. Couldn't really find anything recently besides the DeMar Hamlin incident one year ago. And uh, so that was pretty funny. But but all right, all right, here we go. I'll, I'll work my way backwards. So I'll start in 1943. Oh. The University of Kentucky Wildcats men basketball team begins their 129 home game winning streak that went until 1955, and that's an NCAA record. Dang. Their first win of 129 games in a row at home. Jeez. That's probably not going to get broken, I feel like. No. Unless someone already broke it. Yeah. And they, they, and they backed it up, too. Three national championships in, in that time frame. So, wow. They were winning, and they were – winning championships too wow all right chase this one's more or less for you in 1918 the montreal arena in westmount quebec the home rank of a four-time stanley cup winners at that point the montreal wanderers arena burns down leading to the club disbanding no that's trash. You think 1918, you already have four Stanley Cups and your stadium just burns down and then that's it. And then you just call it quits. That's fun. But was that, yeah. was that the Montreal Canadiens? Is that are they from? It says Montreal Arena in Westmount, Quebec. Yeah, I don't know where the Canadians do they just I don't know. I'm not good with my Canadian aren't they Montreal? They are Montreal. Yeah. I don't know. So interesting. Yeah, I don't know if they, if no team disassociates themselves yeah, with yeah. this team. I don't know if I was the Montreal Canadiens, I would have picked them up. To, like, <laughs> oh yeah, they're a part of us. Yeah. yeah. All right, last one. This is the craziest one from 1865, going way back. Oh my gosh. 
welterweight con Orum and heavyweight fighter Yu O'Neal brawl for 185 rounds before darkness ends legendary bare knuckle boxing match in Virginia City, Montana. What, what was a round? How long was a round that it was 185 rounds? It must obviously was outside somewhere because the darkness just ends the battle. There's people are like in town, like they slept, they like watch his fight, they like went to bed, got up, and the dudes are just still fighting outside. I'm just thinking about bare knuckle boxing. Like how they have bare knuckle fighting, but how messed up do you think these guys are? Like, I don't know how much stats you could find on this. You could probably read a story on it, but Oh my gosh. <laughs> Outrageous. There's some intense stories. I know. I just found <laughs> a couple. I thought it was cool. Holy crap. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's been a really good podcast so yeah. far. As we ended, I just I thought you guys would want to talk about a couple MLB things. Um, I don't know if if either of you want to run through it. We didn't get to touch on Yamamoto last week. Um, because because of the holidays, we took the week off. Yeah, I Going to the podcast before, we both said we hope the Dodgers didn't get him. And he went to the Dodgers. So, I mean, it's kind of frustrating, especially knowing the Mets offered him the same deal. He just chose, he chose the Dodgers. It's a huge contract, too. I mean, and it's not deferred like Otani's is. And they have to, I think they have a 50 million signing bonus on top of a fee they have to pay the MPB club too so it's a huge deal Dodgers are stacked I'm not surprised I, I know he said it had nothing to do with Otani but you can't tell me that Otani didn't help yeah. that transition like coming to America too yeah. to have like someone like Otani probably help him like just even help like assimilate to the culture like learn you know learn how to be in this country that's got to be a, a factor communication in the dugout yeah. like i mean i know the mets had, i know the mets at kodai senga and i don't know how much they use that but still it's that's got to be a big part of it and the dodgers just i mean they got stars all over the diamond now so yeah that nl west is uh i'm glad at least well braves are another story but that's a that's a tough tough lineup and tough pitching staff still but they still they still have a lot of questions. I don't think that just means they're gonna win the division. They still have a lot of questions at the pitch at pitching. Um, they're making moves. They made a lot of expensive, flashy moves, but we'll see how it plays out. Baseball is usually not won by the most, you know, f- most money every year. So. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the Dodgers are. I don't just adding to the fact that not a lot of people are going to like them because they're just front line, you know, front runners and buying up a lot of good talent. So in a way it's good for them, but I still can't wait to see their demise. I hope the diamondbacks continue on their path and can do a lot of damage to the diamondbacks or to the Dodgers over the course of a season. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, see if they can actually do something in the playoffs. I'd still wouldn't be surprised to see a first round exit, but Tani's never been in the playoffs. It's a whole different ball game when you get there. Yeah. And 
I don't know if he chose the Angels the first time out, and that was a terrible signing. So maybe he can continue that trend, and maybe the Dodgers just won't do that well. Like the first three years, just don't even make the playoffs with the expand, expanded wild card. That would be tremendous. That would be wild. Yeah. No, I mean, while we're on that, do you guys think that the Dodgers is the most loaded roster of the decade? I would have to say so. I mean, I would say, you know, rewind five years and these couple years of the yeah. 2020s. Yeah. So this decade, I would say like 2000s, you had some really stacked Yankee teams in like the mid 2000s. But as far as like 2010s on, I mean, they got, I mean, free, between Freeman, Betts, Otani, Yamamoto, Kershaw, still, I mean, they just, they have so many, so many stars. So right now, from 15 MLB seasons ago to today, the Dodgers roster is the most loaded. Just all, I know you, you could dive into it and maybe make an argument, but I mean, just thinking about it, 15 years right now. Are you taking it? We'd have to. I'm sure we could do like war on this, like their lineup now versus like lineups of past teams. They have to be up there. This is like a really statistical team, too. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave Roberts is statistical with the way he manages the team, too. I would say it's definitely up there. (laughs) The only ones I can I can think of it's like I don't know if it's like 2006 or 2007 Yankees they had like um, Johnny Damon Sheffield A Rod Teixeira like all in their prime or even like some of those Reds the Red Sox in 2018 when they had like Mookie Prime J D Martinez Devers Bogarts. True. Like, that was a pretty good team too, but that, I can't think of anything else besides those two off the top of my head. I crazy, it's crazy. So, it is. But any other? Was there any other signings this week? Or I know we're wrapping up our show now. I didn't know. Yeah, nothing really much. The MLB. Um, I mean, the Mets have made a lot of like small moves. Um, nothing super noteworthy. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the the season getting started. I'm starting to look at some some tickets for some games. Get to get to a game and uh, get to an Iron Pigs game. And shout out uh, Sam by the way. Just got engaged a couple of week ago. Oh. I knew that was coming soon. So Sam, if you're listening, congratulations. Congrats. Great time to do it. All season. Yeah, off season Thank engagement. You. I'm sure there might be an all season wedding then too at some point. Sam, congrats. Um, yeah, definitely want to get you on the show again, too, if you're listening. And definitely want to get to an Iron Pig team this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate the, uh, you know, bearing with us as we try out this new platform. We'll kind of do some more things with it, kind of see what we can do and go from there in the future. But this should be – you should be able to at least see us a little better on YouTube. Hopefully the audio quality is going to get better and we're going to – keep working through uh through some yeah. fun things here so yeah, to and to our fellow podcasters out there if you have any tips or tricks you know helping yeah. us grow and improve always reach out yeah lots some cool things coming got a soundboard we're gonna work with that too so excited 
So we appreciate you guys, and we will see you next week for episode 46. 